0: Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through New Beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Now please join me in welcoming our lead pastor, Joe Source, as he comes to the platform. Thank you, thank you, Pastor Beth. Let's hear from Pastor Beth. She did a great job. Amen. Hallelujah. I wore the wrong glasses again tonight. Do they look dark? You sure? Because everything looks dim in here. That's <laughs> no, not that bad. All right, listen, we're going to continue what we started last week, uh, last Wednesday night, um, on enjoying this journey that we're on. Just to give you a quick review for those of you that might not have been here last Wednesday night, you know, we understand, uh, we are people of faith, amen? Amen. How many people do we have here that you know how to have faith in God? You believe that it's important to have faith in God. Come on, let me see your hands. Okay, but, but how many you also know sometimes it requires some patience? Yes. How many you know that sometimes, some, in fact, most times it doesn't happen like this? Yes or no? Yes. And even though we're people of faith and, and men and women of faith and we believe in the word of God and we trust in the faithfulness of God that does not exempt us sometimes from still experiencing hardships and challenges. And that's, that's, a, that's one of the tough ones to swallow sometimes in being a Christian and being a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and in the word of God. You know, sometimes we have to stand. Sometimes we're going to experience some hardships. Sometimes it's it's about allowing God to work some things out in us during the process. In Hebrews chapter 12, we talked about this last last Wednesday. I want to read to you from verse 1 to verse 3. I want you to, you know, if you have a Bible... Uh, please follow me in there. And especially, but please bring a Bible on Wednesday nights and I'll tell you why. Your Bible is where you want to put your notes. You want to write your notes. You want to highlight some things. You want to make some notations on the side so that when you read those scriptures in the future, because you're a Bible student, right? Turn to, some, turn to somebody and say, I'm a Bible student. Yeah, that went over real big. And now turn to somebody else and say, in the name of Jesus, name of Jesus. I read my Bible. I understand it. The Spirit of God reveals it to me. It's a light unto my path path. and a lamp unto my feet. Hallelujah. See, we got a room full of Bible scholars here tonight. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 12. Now, I personally believe that Paul wrote this. Don't throw anything at me. Don't talk about me. Don't post anything on Facebook because I'll delete it. I do believe that Paul was the one who wrote the letter to the Hebrews because of his extensive background in the Old Testament scriptures. So when you understand that, the stuff he writes makes so much sense because it it so lines up with his other writings that we see in the New Testament. I know Sean's back there probably disagreeing with me. He's quiet about it. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, let us lay aside every weight, and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Isn't it disgusting how sin so easily ensnares us? Sometimes we don't even realize we're tripping up and... And all of a sudden realize, man, I I got no business doing this. I got no business thinking this. I got no business saying this. I got no business being in this place with these people at this time, doing that and that and the other thing. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with what? Endurance. Endurance, The race that is set before us. You know that you have a race? I have a race. You got a race. We all have a race to run and you can't run mine and I can't run yours you've got to run that race and we need to do it with endurance and then verse 2 tells us how we're going to do it looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and you know who that joy was that was set before him? us he saw you he saw me thank God he saw us and that gave him the motivation and he gave him the incentive to endure all that he did at the cross He was despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, which is a place of majesty, a place of honor, but most of all, it's a place of authority. And it signifies completion. Jesus did what he was supposed to do when he came to this earth. He accomplished the will of the Father. He accomplished the plan of salvation and has the honor of sitting next to God the Father, Lord God Almighty, creator of all things, seen and unseen. Jesus is sitting next to him in that place of honor. Verse 3, and this speaks to us. For consider him, talking about Jesus, who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. And in the name of Jesus, we are not going to become weary and discouraged in our souls. But Paul says, or the writer of Hebrews says, if you don't consider all that Jesus endured and suffered, you might become weary and discouraged in your souls. Because I don't know if anybody else in this room has discovered this truth. Life on earth is tough. Anybody find out yet? And so we can, if we're not careful. When I say careful, I don't mean overwhelmed and burdened. But if we're not alert to the fact, and if we're not aware, and if we don't keep ourselves sensitive, and if we don't consistently keep before our eyes all that it costs our Savior to take us out of the kingdom of darkness and bring us into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of, of God. If we don't keep that before us, every time we, we suffer hardship, When we suffer disappointment, when we have to endure a situation that seems like it's not going away or doesn't want to change, if we don't consider him who suffered so much hostility from sinners, we could become weary and discouraged. Where? In our souls. And soul discouragement affects your heart, affects our attitude, affects our perspective, it affects our countenance. You know, when we walk around constantly burdened, constantly worried, constantly anxious, constantly full of stress, it shows on the outside. It can even have the tendency to cause us to physically age before our time. And he said, let us lay aside every weight, and I don't want to spend a lot of time, and I spent a lot of time in this last week. So go listen to that again. A weight doesn't necessarily mean it's a sin. A weight can be a hurt, a wound, a disappointment. It's a heaviness due to a disappointment, um, an unfulfilled dream, an unfulfilled expectation. Those things can weigh on us, and they weigh on us, and then they cause our heart to become heavy. Sin, on the other hand, is always a thought or an action that is contrary to the will of God. That's an easy thing. If it's something that's contrary to God's nature, God's character, God's will, God's word... Then it's sin, and sin really is defined in 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 the original language as missing the mark. Just missing where we're supposed to be. We're not hitting it. We're not we're not we're not getting to the heart of the plan of God. We might have uh, hit a diversion or a distraction or some type of an obstacle, and it causes us to miss the plan of God for our life. And so Paul described a cure as looking or beholding, focusing on Jesus. Again, just to review from last week, the prophet Isaiah put it this way. And I think I want to spend a little bit of time with this one because I don't think I really unpacked this scripture as much as I wanted to last week. Isaiah chapter 40. I don't know about you, but I, this is one of my favorite scriptures in the book of Isaiah. Starting in verse 28, the prophet asked this question Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? And we're talking about making sure that we don't become faint, discouraged, and weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, the young men shall utterly fall. Verse 31, I want you to concentrate on that scripture for a second. But why don't you read it with me, come on. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Let's keep going. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This awesome comparison that the prophet made under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. To mount up like eagles. Eagles do not get caught in storms. Eagles use the storm to fly way above it. They allow their wingspan to shoot out. They allow the, the wind to take them to a height. And they, 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 can, they, can, they can look at the storm underneath them, but they don't get caught in it. It's not by coincidence that the Holy Spirit uses that example. But I want to bring you back to the beginning of verse 31. But those who wait, say that, wait, wait. wait. Now, I want you to, 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 to I, I, I apologize for not, kind of explaining this more last week. But the word wait in the original language does not describe a person that passively standing by just biding their time. In the original language, it's a person who's aggressively expecting to see something or to receive something. And I'll never forget the first time I heard this taught probably 33 years ago. I remember the person that was teaching it giving this illustration. He said, wait on the Lord is not like this. I don't know if you can see me in the back there. Wait on the Lord is not like this. Wait on the Lord according to that scripture is like this. Waiting. Expectant. Ready to take hold of it. Are you listening? The illustration that came to my mind Many of you have dogs as pets? Yes? Yes. Okay. When we were dating, my wife and I, all those many, 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 many years ago, she had a a collie. She was a mix, right? Collie, Candy. Candy. She was was collie, but she was a mix, right? Yeah, because she was bigger than a regular. That dog... It was like she knew every afternoon when Barbara was going to come home from work. The cat, too. They would wait. Listen, they would wait at the door. Or if they were outside, they would wait at the, at the driveway, never go off the property. And they knew about quarter after four, because she would get home about 4.30 when she was working up, up north. And those dogs would sit there like this. Every time a car went around the corner, as soon as she'd pull up, what's your little? What was it? Seventy-two? Wasn't it seventy? Was your Vega? Anybody ever have a Vega? It's like riding a skateboard. And she'd pull up with a little navy blue Vega with the racing stripes on it. Remember? And that dog would go right, right, right to the door where she's coming out of that car the cat would jump right on the hood, climb up on the roof and just, just hang out there. They waited on Barbara. They understood. They had an internal time clock. They knew when she was coming. And that scripture paints that exact picture. If you're really in faith and you're really trusting God and you come to the point where you realize, man, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I feel like I'm getting weak. I feel like I'm getting weary. I feel like I'm getting, like, I don't have that oomph. I, I'm missing something here. If you will position yourself on the inside like this, waiting, waiting, aggressively expecting, then he will increase your strength. Remember, he gives power to the weak and to those who have none, he increases strength towards you. Are you catching this? Now, we need strength to endure. We're told to endure in that scripture in Isaiah 40. We're told to endure in Hebrews chapter 12, verse one through three. We're supposed to run the race with endurance. If you're weak, if you're weary, If you're discouraged, you're not going to make the race. You're not going to fulfill it. And so you and I, more than anything, if you're going to enjoy this journey that we're on from this point in life until the time that we either, either Jesus comes and gets us or we meet him, you're going to need strength. You're going to need to really walk in that principle of positioning yourself. And listen, sometimes in order to position yourself that way, you got to get off and spend time by yourself. That's right. You have to. You just have to. That's why some of you guys, you laugh when you see me up in the middle of the night because maybe I'm on, posting something on Facebook or some, some of you, I send emails because I forget that the email comes to you immediately. I think the email goes and then it's not gonna, you're not going to see it until the morning. <laughs> My staff knows what I'm talking about. They're like, three o'clock in the morning, he's sending us emails. There, there's a reason for that. That's my prayer time. That's my alone time. That's my wait on the Lord time. I don't suggest that you have to do it the same way. But find a... T- Listen to me, please. I- I'm telling you this for your good. For the, for, the, for the sake of those that are in your life. For the sake of your spouse, your boyfriend girlfriend your children your coworkers you need to position yourself to receive there is something about god our father he wants i know this is this is contrary to popular belief right now but you know something when you have popular belief and you have the truth of the word <coughs> guess what we're going with the truth of the word And it seems like if you study God's character through the word of God, and I hope hope I'm not painting him in in a negative light. That's not my intention. It seems like God wants to be pursued. You didn't like that. How many times does he talk about seeking him in the morning early? What about, you know, when he says you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. You listening? We, because we have made ourselves in the image and likeness of ourselves, we think we're the center of the universe and he's constantly going to be chasing you. And that's why many people are weak in the body of Christ today. That's why many people are discouraged today. That's why many individuals, Christians, and I'm talking about most most of the time it's going to happen to the ones that have been saved for years and years. And you get comfortable. And you start waiting on the Lord like this. Let's see what he's going to do. Let's see if anything's going to happen. I guess he just forgot about me. No, he's waiting for you to change your stance. He's waiting for you to stir yourself up again and to start, instead of standing like this waiting for God, it's like this. It's like this. Aren't you glad you came here tonight? We need strength. We need endurance. And it comes on demand. It does not come automatically. Just because you wake up in the morning doesn't mean you're going to be showered with this David said, Early in the morning shall I rise up and seek him. Amen. Are you seeking him? I think you, I think you have more potential than most because you're here on a Wednesday night. You could have stayed home and just did, well, I'll go Sunday and punch my card. So my conscience will feel good. I went to church today. This is why I love Wednesday nights. Because Wednesday nights is the nights for the seekers. The pursuers. The hungry. The thirsty. The ones that understand. You don't just, just because you go to church once a week on a Sunday or a Saturday night. Does not make you. A God chaser. A God pursuer. You want him, you'll find him. You want truth, he'll give you truth. You want to receive strength? He'll give you strength. If you want it. Are you you listening? I know this might be very contrary to what you're hearing and what you're singing, but this is truth. We need to seek Him, we need to set time aside. You know, time is one of our greatest commodities. Money can be replaced. Material things he'd be replaced. Time cannot be replaced. So when we offer him time, well, I'll just go and I'll make sure to put an extra 20 bucks in the envelope. I'm not trying to be a jerk here tonight, but how many of you know that that doesn't impress God? How many of you know it doesn't impress God? Time impresses God. Time, when we're willing to spend time quiet in his presence. And I don't know about you, but that's a hard thing for me to do. I am used to busy. I am used to chatter. I am used to thoughts racing. I am used to creative ideas floating in my head constantly. I am used to busy, action, sound. And it's, it's not easy for me to calm myself and to quiet myself. Am I talking to somebody here tonight? Yes. But listen to me. Some of the greatest, greatest experiences that I've had with me and the Holy Spirit one-on-one has been in those tough times when I've forced myself to just shut up. There was a season of life, I guess it would have been in the early 90s, where I sensed the need to do this more. Some of you may have heard me talk about this. This church was birthed out of those seasons, out of those times. Amen. We were living in Lakewood at the time, right around the corner from Ocean, Ocean County Park off of New Hampshire there. A little ranch. The greatest thing about it, all the bedrooms were down one end of the house, and then the other end of the house was the living room and dining room, kitchen. So I could get up in the, in the middle of the night and go out there and not disturb anybody. And I can't tell you how many nights. I cannot even tell you how many months that I would get up, and it would always oh, seem like it was three o'clock in the morning, oh, always at 3 a.m. I don't know what God has with 3 a.m. but and, le- and listen, I would get up, I would walk into the living room, sometimes I would lay on the couch, sometimes I would kneel next to the couch, and I would say, Lord. I'm just here if you want to tell me anything. Amen. I'm not going to ask you for anything. If you need me to pray about something, I will. But I'm just going to sit here, lay here, kneel here, and just be quiet. And I'm here if you want to talk to me. Now, even though I went with those non, what am I, what am I, I didn't go there with an agenda it almost never failed that the Lord would speak to me. Now, now, you know, I'm not talking about an audible voice and, you know, the ceiling opened up and I saw the throne of God and Jesus is over here and the Holy Ghost is next to me going, hey, look. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. I'm talking about when you, how many of you, you know of experiences you've had where you know, you know that you know that you know that the Spirit of God is impressing things upon you? and teaching you things. Can I just share one of those times with you? It might help somebody here because, again, we're talking about enjoying this journey. And i tell you, I don't know what it is about Wednesday nights. So Wednesday nights, man, stuff just gets dragged out of me, like stuff I haven't remembered in years. But I want to share this one time with you. I had developed some physical symptoms during that season. I don't remember exactly what they were, but they were, they were kind of troubling chest pains, stomach problems, things of this nature. And I got up one of these nights, and and I wasn't getting up because of the pain, but all the pains were there. But you know when you have something and you start getting used to it after a week or so and you you don't even realize it anymore, it's still bothering you? I guess I'm the only one. So I go out to the living room, and I lay on the couch face up, and I just said, Lord, what's going on with this thing? And, he, and I swear to you, this isn't going to go good with some people's theology, but this is what I heard on the inside. You've been handed over to the tormentors. And immediately he brought me to the scripture in Matthew. I wish I could remember the address right now. Jerry might when I start talking about it. the incident that took place that's written for us in the book of Matthew, where a king had a servant who needed to be forgiven tons of money. And the king was going to sell him into slavery and his whole family. And this man, his, who actually was an employee of the king, begged for mercy. And it touched the king's heart. And the king forgave him all of those, in today's economy, millions. And then that same servant left the presence of the king went out and found another fellow servant who owed him maybe about 20 bucks in today's economy. And it says that he took hold of him and was strangling him and telling him, pay me every penny that you owe me. And another servant saw this and went back to the king and told him. And immediately the king brought the first servant back into his presence and said, could you have not had the mercy upon that other servant that I had upon you? Now you're handed over to the tormentors. And I, and I remember on the inside going, okay, I don't even have to ask you because I know what this is about. I had become angry with my pastor at that time. And I started to develop an unforgiving attitude towards that man. How many of you realize how fast I forgave that man after that night? <laughs> Do you think it took me long? We can't enjoy this journey if we're going to hold other people to a different standard that we want to be held to. We can't enjoy this journey if we're going to hold people in unforgiveness. Are you listening? We, we are not going to enjoy this journey. We're not going to enjoy divine health. We're not going to enjoy divine prosperity. We're not going to enjoy divine peace of mind if we're in the habit of holding other people to a different standard that we want to be held to ourselves. In other words, if you've been forgiven much, you need to learn how to forgive. Healing is tied to forgiveness. Answered prayer is tied to forgiveness. You realize every time Jesus taught on prayer, he immediately, 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 within the next verse, starts talking about forgiveness. Why? Because he doesn't want our prayers to be blocked. You're not going to enjoy the journey if your prayers are blocked. Is this speaking to anybody tonight? Because I'll show you after service, none of this is in my notes. And there might be some of us tonight that have been handed over to the tormentors and you didn't even realize it. You thought it was the devil. You thought the devil just is attacking you out of nowhere. Honey, the devil can't attack us out of nowhere. He needs an open door. In fact, Paul urges us not to give him a foothold into our lives. Wow, this is different tonight. I'll tell you a story that I read about years ago. You can believe it if you want. If you don't, the book isn't going to change. There was a man named John G. Lake. His ministry was around 1910, 1920s, maybe into the 30s. Tremendous healing ministry. Tremendous healing ministry. Left the United States and moved to South Africa to continue this healing ministry. The Lord called him there. He went to minister to a person one day, extreme diabetes, suffering, bad reports from the doctor. He's sitting in the person's house, a very wealthy man. He grabs him to pray for him, puts his hands on him, and as he, as he begins to pray, He stops and he says, What is this thing about $5,000 or $15,000? I don't remember what it was. I think it was $15,000. What is this $15,000 that I keep hearing in my spirit? And the man said, Began to cry, began to weep, and said, My brother was partners in business with me for many years. When he died, I cheated his wife out of $15,000. And he'd been sick ever since. And so he said, to, he said, John G. Lake said to the man, are you capable of repaying that 15000 He said, absolutely. He said, go right now, write a check. Go right now and write a check. He wrote the check, he prayed for him, completely healed. See, we think things are gonna just drop out of heaven, like you set things in motion. Listen, don't look at me like that. A, you know we, we want to believe that all I got to do is wake up in the morning because I'm a child of God. How did you become a child of God? What did you have to release to become a child of God? Faith. faith. You released your faith, God released his grace. Yes or no? Yes. Okay. It operates the same way. A lot of people don't want to hear this because this puts responsibility on us. But you and I are the ones that through faith activate what God has promised already. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. God. You're not going to enjoy the journey. This is real different. Somebody needs to hear this tonight, probably multiple people. You are not going to enjoy the journey unless you are going to walk in faith. Faith is an absolute requirement for you experiencing this abundant life that Jesus came to bring us. I hope you're getting this. The Holy Spirit wants to stir us up tonight to be obedient, to walk in faith, to pursue God, to seek him, to release people that you've been holding on to. And you think, as long as you hold on to them, I got them. No, honey, they got you. You need to release that because as long as you hold on to that, and you think you got that ace up your sleeve, that at any given time you're going to go, "Here, I remember what you did." That ace is burning a hole in your soul, man. Where do I go now? All right, Paul. Let's talk about Paul. Can we talk about Paul? Oh, this is part of my review from last week. I don't have to do that. Okay. So, we started out talking about how we are supposed to lay aside every weight and sins. We're supposed to do that, right? Are you going to be able to do that in your own power? No. No. It's going to take grace. By grace, we can throw off those weights and we can get rid of that sin out of our lives that entangles us. And then Philippians chapter 4, verse 13 actually comes into play. I want to read that to you from the Amplified Bible. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. Uh, Listen to this one. I am self-sufficient. A lot of us want to stop right there. I am self-sufficient. Sufficient in, 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 in what? Christ's sufficiency. Paul understood that principle, that he's, if, he, if he keeps his eyes on Jesus, he's gonna be able to overcome the frustrations of the weights and disentangle himself from the sin. Now, is Jesus among us Physically? You were looking at me. It's like a trick question. <laughs> is Jesus among us physically? His presence is here. Yes. yes. In what form? And the Holy Spirit is revealed to us and uses what to reveal God and reveal Jesus? The Word. By the way, did you find that where it was? Matthew 18, okay. In case anybody wants to go look that up. So, can I have your Bible for a second? Chair. John chapter one. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And then a few verses down it says, and the word became And dwelt among us. So Jesus, his physical being here on the earth, when he was here on the earth, was a manifestation of this word. So if he's not here physically, where can we go to get to know him? It always comes back to the word. You listening to it? It always comes back to the word. It, It always comes back To the word. And that's why this is the most hated book in the world. It's the most distributed. It's the most printed. But it's the most hated. Why? Because this is the manifestation. This reveals Jesus Christ. John said in his gospel, at the end of his gospel, I've written these things that you may believe. Okay? Now, why would... Even national governments ban this book if there's nothing true about it. Nobody bans Cinderella, Snow White and the and the you see what no no because it has no they have no power. Okay? But this book gets banned because the enemy knows the power that can be released from listen to me. This is why I keep stressing that you need to become a student of this word because there's too many Christians that are born again in their spirit and they don't know Jesus. They don't know what he expects from you. They haven't yet had God reveal himself, himself to them other than and uh, uh, salvation. That's it. What is it about us that we're so, okay, I'm saved, I'm in, I'm done. Okay, good, I'll, I'll see you when I get to heaven. This book is going to reveal to you who your Father in heaven is. This book is going to... You're not going to enjoy the journey without this book. This book is what tells you how much he loves you. This book will also tell you how powerful he is. This book will reveal to you what the future is. You don't need to go to a psychic. and You don't need to go... And can I get can I really put my two cents in everybody's business here? If you're going to post astrology things and horoscope stuff on Facebook, would you unfriend me, please? Because it's extremely upsetting. Because you could be spending that time in, 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 in a secret place with the Holy Spirit who will tell you the things that you need to know about your future. Rather than communicating with somebody who's probably on the influence of the devil. If you're a Christian, you got no business getting involved in that stuff. You listening to me? If you're a Christian, you got no business going to have tarot cards read. Oh, I'm really going to get in trouble. Thank God we took the offering already. (laughs) We were on the Seaside Heights boardwalk. We were on the Seaside high board years and years ago. And there used to be a devil, uh, a psychic. (laughs) And this one particular night, we went there on a Wednesday night to see the fireworks and stuff, you know, with the kids. This is years ago. The kids were little. And there was a long line waiting to go see that devil. And uh, you remember this? I felt impressed. It was a lady towards the end of the line, little lady. You could see, very meek, very. And I, I felt impressed. The oh, Lord, go tell her to get out of that line. Tell her, I'll tell her what she needs to know if she'll come and, and just pray. So, being like you, I waited at least another ten minutes. <laughs> and then, I, and then I knew I got to do this. And so I said to him, stay here with the kids. I'll be right back. Where are you going? Don't worry about it. I'll be right back. Because <laughs> in me telling you, I'm going to talk myself out of this. So I walk over to the lady, tap her on the shoulder. I said, man, I know you don't know me, but listen. The Lord impressed upon me to come and talk to you. You have no business in this line, he said. He said, if you'll ask him and pray to him, he'll show you the things you need to know in your life thank you so much and she got off the line and walked away you think you're fooling around with that kind of stuff but you don't realize that the kingdom of darkness is powerful and many lives have been shipwrecked because the enemy got their hooks in a person's soul ask me how I know For years, I spent time in that darkness thinking I'm talking to God, thinking I'm conversing with the saints and there were devils that were steering me in the wrong direction. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And when they get their hook in your soul, man, it takes a lot to get get out of that because they, see, they know things about your life. Man, we're all over the place tonight. But somebody needs to hear this stuff. Amen. Because somebody might be entertaining getting involved in that kind of garbage. Because you think, well, well, it's spiritual. Honey, everything that's spiritual is not of God. Amen. Right. Everything that is spiritual is not of God. And so you have a desire to know truth, but you're looking for it in the wrong place. Right. And they're there to steal you. You see, there are spirits that attach themselves to these individuals. And they know things about you and things about your family for generations and generations and generations and generations. And so that demon that's been watching your family and knows everything about you and knows the stuff that happened to you when you were a little kid and what happened to your grandmother and what happened to your... They speak to that individual and that individual speaks to you and you go, wow, how did they know that? They must be really gifted spiritually. God must really use... No, it's the devil. Turn around somebody say, it's the devil. I'm telling you, I know when the Holy Spirit's speaking through me. And if that's you, I don't, even, I don't want to see your hand. I don't want you to come up to me after the service. Just receive this warning. Stop it before you get too far involved. Stop it because the enemy's plot is to get you way off track from God's plan for your life and to bring other devils into your life that are going to cause you havoc and torment and destruction. Everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. I'm so glad I came tonight. So, so that word that became flesh and dwelt among us, now we have the word in our hands. Right. You can read it. You can listen to it. You can watch it. You either have it in paper form or on your phone or on your computer, and you can watch it, whatever. You can bring YouTube up on your TV. and There's no excuse in this day and age for any Christian to not be a student of the word other than, other than laziness. And distraction that always costs us, distractions always cost us. Don't get distracted now because I'm going to take a drink of water. (laughs) So, the Word of God is Jesus speaking to us today. You want to say it with me? Ready? One, two, three. The Word of God is Jesus speaking to us today. Now, I want to take you back in my notes to a scripture that I read last week, Acts chapter 20. That's the wrong scripture. Verse 32. You got that? Acts chapter 20, verse 32. Paul is saying goodbye to the pastors that he's raised up in the churches that he started in the area of Ephesus, which is modern day Turkey. Turkey. Verse 32, Paul speaking. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Would you read it again with me? Ready? One, two, three. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to watch, 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 which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance Among all those who are sanctified. In other words, among all the saints, among all the believers, every person who belongs to Christ has an inheritance. We've been talking about this on the weekends. Paul said to those pastors, I commend you. I hand you over. I um, place you in charge of the word of God which is able to do what? What is the word of God going to do? Build you up. How many of you could use me building up right now? How many could you use being encouraged, strengthened? Okay. How many could use the spirit of power and might to come upon you? Yes. It's not going to happen just because you... It's going to happen because you absorb the word of God in you. Why is that important? Because you can hear voices... But if those voices are contradicting the word of God, you better listen to the word of God first. But if you don't know the word of God, then the devil can get away with anything he wants because you have nothing to compare it to. He says, I commend you, pastors. Paul speaking to them before he leaves their area to go to Jerusalem. He thinks this is the last time he's going to see them. He said, I I commend you to, to the word of God. To the word of his grace. The word of his grace. Say it like you're real charismatic. Grace. Okay. The word of his grace, which is able to. Come on, guys. This is important. These are important principles. I'm trying to get something in your heart. So tomorrow morning, you're going to wake up and go, the word of his grace is going to build me up today. The word of his grace does what? What? It makes me strong. It strengthens me. Why? Because I need endurance to run my th- which is set before me. You're not going to enjoy the journey without getting a fresh grace every morning. What does that sound like? Fresh grace every morning. And you shall go out every morning from your tent and pick up what comes from heaven. What did they call it? Manna. Grace. Manna is a symbol of God's grace. And every day, you might think, well, I'm going to just, I'm going to dump up on my reading today so I can sleep in tomorrow. It doesn't work that way, honey. Because you see, the grace is for today. His mercies are new every morning. You've got to get up and start the day off by eating that manna. And then in the New Testament, it talks about hidden manna that strengthens you from within. But if you're not putting it in, it can't come out. So then you lose strength by like like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, like you need your Snickers bar. By by that by that time, you know what I'm saying. By that time, you're like, man, I should have graced up this morning. I should have graced up this morning. But but you know, I I just didn't feel like it. Then force feed yourself, like your mother used to give you chicken soup. I don't want to eat it. She'd open your mouth and put that chicken soup in there, even if you weren't hungry. Why? Because she knew the chicken soup was going to do what. So sometimes you got to force feed yourself. And you just sit there. And just tell yourself. Just sit, you're just going to sit here until you learn something. It sounds very cliche-ish, but you want to know something? These are basic truths that you can't get away. You cannot get away from these basic truths. Because when we get away from these basic truths, there's something that happens to the foundation in our life. Our foundation needs to be strengthened on a regular basis. Why? Hebrews chapter 12. Because there's weights in your life. There is sin that's trying to entangle you. And the reason the weights are there and the reason why the sin is trying to entangle you to get you to suffer what it says in verse 3 of Hebrews chapter 12. Lest you become weary in your soul. Discouraged. Discouraged. Jesus said, the enemy comes to rob, kill, and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. And you not, you can't have abundant life without abundant knowledge of the word. Amen. Abundance is abundance. You, you getting this? And our God is a God of abundance. I think I just slipped into my notes for this weekend. <laughs> I knew it sounded familiar. God do you realize that God is a God of abundance? Now now when you hear something and you hear it, go, oh wow, that's good. (laughs) Again, I I slipped into my notes for the weekend. God is a God of abundance. God never does anything cheap. That's right. That's right. That's true. You listening to me? Including salvation. His grace is not cheap, and too many people make his grace very cheap. Well, I'm under grace, so I can live any way I want. That is the biggest slap in the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because it cost him to get that grace from heaven to come to earth. It cost him. Consider him who suffered such hostility from sinners, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. When we don't have, when grace is cheap to us, Well, I know Jesus died on the cross for me. You know, I know. But, you know, he was God. It really didn't matter because he knew he was going to come back from the dead. Meet me by my office after service. I have a backhand waiting for you. That's a slap in the face to Jesus. That's a slap in the face to Jesus. It cost him. So, you got two minutes? That wasn't enough. You got two minutes? The word of his grace, which is able to? The word of his grace, which is able to? Okay, so let's see what the word of his grace is going to do. Number one, the word of his grace tells me I'm forgiven. Without the word of his grace, I don't know if I'm forgiven or not. You catching this? Now look, I got to give this to you because I'm not preaching next Wednesday. We got a guest, very special guest, and we've got worship night next Wednesday. You don't want to miss that, do you? So, So let me give you this, okay? The word of his grace tells me I'm forgiven. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. Write it down. I don't have to suffer from guilt or condemnation. Guilt is a paralyzer. Guilt will paralyze you. It will paralyze your faith. It will paralyze your ability to receive. Why? Because as long as you're feeling guilty you will not muster the faith you need to receive what God has for you. You will constantly see yourself as unworthy. Yes or no? Yes. You got it? Yes. Good. Number two, the word of his grace tells me that I'm redeemed from everything contrary to God's will. Now, write this out. I'm going to give you a homework assignment. I'm going to call you up and make sure you did it. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1 to Deuteronomy chapter, chapter what did I say? 28, right? Did I say 28? Deuteronomy 28, read it all the way down to verse 14. You got it? It tells you about all the blessings. All the blessings that are available and promised to those who are obedient. Let me ask this question and answer me real good, answer me real loud. Can you be obedient? No. Not to every commandment. Are you going to be obedient? How many are obedient to every commandment? See, you just did what the Israelites did when they were at the base of the mountain when Moses was receiving the Ten Commandments. And after he read them all, tell them we're good. Tell them we'll do this. They can't. They couldn't, and you can't. Well, then, Pastor, how am I going to get these blessings from Deuteronomy 28 into my life if they're contingent upon someone being obedient? It's because you're in Christ and Christ was obedient. You didn't catch it. You don't qualify for those blessings. He qualified for those blessings. But now you're in Christ. So because you're in Christ, in him, all the promises of God are yes and amen. I mean, this is good stuff. I wish you would get a hold of this. You're in Christ. And because you're in Christ, those blessings are yours. It's because you're in Christ that you have any hope of those blessings. So the word of his grace tells us, number one, we're forgiven. Number two, we're redeemed from everything that's contrary to the will of God. In other words, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. The curse that comes upon every person that disobeyed God. The curse that you and I used to live in. The curse that was sending us to hell to be separated from God for all of eternity. And Jesus, through his death, burial, and resurrection, swept us right out of there. Pulled us into his kingdom. You wouldn't know that if it wasn't for the word of his grace. Number three, the word says, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.21, New Living Translation. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. The exchange. He took our sin. We take hold of his righteousness. You got it? Number four. The word of his grace tells me that I am free to be the real me. That doesn't mean the person you are outside of church the real you is who who God made you to be. When he created you in his image and in his likeness. The real spirit person. Number 5. The word of God, the word of his grace tells me that I'm empowered to do the same things that Jesus did. You can do it. What did Jesus do? What are the three main things that Jesus did? in his ministry. Preach, teach, and heal. I'm going to call Doug Jones on you. The three things that Jesus did in his ministry was preach, teach, and heal. The three things that Jesus did in his ministry are preach, teach, and heal. And some of you are going, well, I could probably attempt the first two. What do we see him doing more than anything? And he said to the church, in my name, you will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Watch this now. We really don't follow that. Because what we do is this. If you want prayer for healing, come on up here. Jesus didn't tell us to pray for healing. Jesus told us to lay hands on the sick. Come on, finish it and they shall recover. Lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Are you catching this? But see, without the word of his grace, you wouldn't know that. Without the word of his grace, you would think in your mind and formulate the opinion, well, Jesus could do that because he was God. I can't do that. But Jesus didn't come to earth as God. Jesus came to earth. In fact, Philippians chapter 2 says he put aside his divine nature and came here just like you and I, a person filled with the Holy Spirit. I like to say Holy Ghost. Do you have the Holy Spirit? Do you have the Holy Ghost? Then you can do the things that Jesus did. There's only one thing we can't do. We can't die to save mankind. He told his disciples to go do all these other things. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. He said they'll speak in new tongues. He said if you, if you drink anything deadly while you're doing my business, no harm will come to you. Now, I'm not promoting that you go out. Like the people down in West Virginia in the mountains and they drink strychnine and they handle snakes. Okay, I'm not telling you to do that because he said, while you're in my business, while you're doing what I'm telling you to do, if anything should happen like that, I'll protect you. I'm going to have to do a series on the supernatural. Too many Christians are satisfied to just get born again and go to heaven. We're, we need to do the works of Jesus. John chapter 12. Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, He who believes in me. How many people believe in him? How many people? Come on, come on. Is it too much trouble to raise your hand? How many people? He who believes in me, the works that I do, they shall do also. And greater works shall they do because I'm going to the Father. He didn't mean greater in power, but greater in number. Because when Jesus left, the devil thought he got rid of him, but he didn't realize he got millions of little Jesuses on the earth that know how to lay hands on the sick, that know how to cast out devils, that know how, you see what I'm talking about? You see, the church is supposed to be a supernatural entity on this earth. It's not supposed to be just a club of individuals that come together. I like that song. (laughs) We are supposed to strike terror in the hearts of the devil. You listening to me? They're supposed to say about us what they said about the apostles. Those that have turned the world upside down have come here also. Are you catching this, church? Because that's when we're the church. Not when we have nice buildings and we have grounds and we have, when we have power. You catching this? Okay. I gotta stop. Because the people, the teachers are going to start complaining and saying bad things about me under their breath. You can hear him now. Is he done yet? Is he done yet? How do I know that? Because when I was a teacher in those classrooms, I was sticking my head out every five minutes. Are they done yet? Did he give the altar call yet? Now listen to me. Look at me, please, before we we dismiss tonight. Two things, three things. Number one, if there's anybody here tonight who has never prayed a very simple prayer that has profound results, if you have never prayed a prayer to ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, please don't leave tonight without settling that issue because you're not guaranteed. You can go to bed tonight and not wake up. And that decision has got to be made here while you're still on the earth, while you still have breath in your, in your lungs. You cannot make the decision later. Once you take your last breath, the decision is sealed for eternity. You can't fool around with this. If you, if you are not 100% sure that you are born again, that if you were to die tonight, that you'd be immediately in the presence of God, you can't afford to fool around with that. So if you never said that prayer, please, when everyone else is dismissed, you come up here. Nobody's going to make a spectacle out of you and you tell the person that's standing up here, I want to pray that prayer to to receive Jesus, okay? Second thing, if you need prayer for anything, maybe maybe what I've shared tonight has inspired you to to believe God for something that you need in your, maybe it's it's a healing, it's whatever it is, please come up here and let people pray for you. Number three, do not miss next Wednesday night because it's our first Wednesday service, and on the first Wednesday of every month, we have worship on Wednesday nights, extended worship, and then we have a great inspired message that goes with it. Amen? I would venture to say to you that if you have a friend that you really, really want to experience a, a touch from God, bring them next Wednesday night. Okay? I know there's a lot of you that come on Wednesday nights. If we, I'll give them my seat if I have to. Just br- bring them Wednesday night. You're going to want them here during that time of worship Amen. and during that time of, of the message inspired by the Holy Spirit. Yes. Amen? Amen? Again, if you've never prayed that prayer, please don't walk out those doors. If you have questions about salvation, come up here. We'll, we'll talk to you. We'll do our best to answer those questions. We want you to experience the fullness of all that God has for you. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Love you guys. Thank you for coming out tonight. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.